And welcome, folks, to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson, one of your hosts for this week. Joining me, with as always, is Mr. Brent Frawley. How are you, sir? What is up, Chris? What's up, people? I'm super excited about this week. We got so much to talk about, Chris. It's been a week, for better or for worse. Mm. <laughs> Forever hold your peace with this week. It's been quite a week. I don't know what to say, but uh, we're going to try our best to dig through the entertainment world this week. I'm going to try to keep it entertainment centric for all you people out there exactly exactly i mean entertainment sometimes serves as the best escape possible so you know let's let's provide a little bit of that but also acknowledge the fact that yeah this has been a week it's been a week and it's been a week um for those of you who are listening for the first time for those of you returning thank you so much Uh, what we like to do on this podcast is basically take what we have seen in the past week in the world of entertainment and bring four or five however many stories to this podcast but the kicker is i have no idea what ben has in store for me and i he has no idea what i'm bringing to the table either so this way all the conversations you're hearing this is all spontaneous genuine nothing is pre-planned so to speak so ben let's get into it what have you got to start us off this week all right so uh first off i think i reported last week that i started a new show uh and to me i think it's kind of definitely has a, a viral buzz around the internet is definitely lovecraft country Mm. Um, Chris, did you get a chance to check out the show? I saw the first episode literally the night after we recorded. Yeah. Uh, what, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts on the first one. It is <clears throat> an interesting show yeah. uh, in terms of its pacing, its story. I, I Half the time I was like, where is this going? Uh, and then you find out. You're like, oh, my God. Um, it, it definitely – the last 10 minutes of the first episode, like – dials it up to 11 out of nowhere it's like going from zero to 60 in 30 seconds um but it's a chilling show so far and i'm really interested in where it's going fantastic you know fantastic cast um love the design these the idea of these you know spoiler alert sundown towns is terrifying and to hear that they exist literally in our backyards of massachusetts and long island uh is haunting it is haunting to think of that that actually happened uh, in our history and it's just shameful but um i'm i'm interested to see where it goes the cast like i said is incredible the writing is incredible um it's it's jj abrams it's it's jordan peele so with those minds put together with uh the creator uh i am i i have full trust in that i'm gonna i'm gonna be in for a ride so to speak and i haven't i haven't seen the next episode yet i'm kind of i like to pace myself so to speak um but uh, so far, I'm I'm digging it. What what are your thoughts? Uh, you nailed it. You nailed it, dude. I mean, this show. I mean, what a time for, you know, people of eth- ethnicity to be on the screen. You know what I mean? Like shows just based around race in America. It's just definitely. I mean, even pre all of this Black Lives Matter stuff, pre all of this nonsense that's been going on in 2020 you could feel this kind of tension bubbling up through the roots of culture and everything. It probably starting with the Watchmen last year and just bubbling up and frothing, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. this show is just poignant and, and we definitely need it. And, but then uh, Chris, you know, you talk about the last 10 minutes of the first episode. Um, I definitely went back and, and you know what, not on on purpose. It's just kind of in my queue. I, I bought it for five bucks on Voodoo um, from Dust Till Dawn <laughs> was mm. on there, uh, a movie that, you know, tore audiences in half and still tears audiences in half. I've heard people say, like, I wish, 
you know, the first half of the movie. I wish the whole movie was just bank robbing, bank robbing with, you know, George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. I wish the second half of the movie was all, you know, it was all vampires, the whole movie. I've heard, like, people torn on that movie, and I wonder if this series will still be, will be torn like that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I guess you could say I'm a mixed bag on the original film, so to speak. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot to love, obviously. Uh, there's also moments where I'm just like, yeah, okay. It's, you know, you're right. It, it's like, there's, there are perfect elements that are not within that movie that you would love to have seen, so to speak. So I'd love to have seen what led to that, the aftermath, the whole, the whole thing. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's an interesting proposition. I mean, I'll be honest. I've, I was, you know, when that movie came out, I actually got mistaken for the Asian kid for like a good couple months after that they're like hey it's the Asian i know kid. you always say that and so now anytime i watch the movie i just think of you thank you <laughs> can we just can we just can you just make it so can just, we just start, start saying, saying that i'm the guy yeah hi i'm chris peterson <laughs> on stage blog uh my star star from dust to star from dust oh uh, I mean, I'm fine with it, but all right, yeah. Well, um, great. I mean, it's been long enough. Just it's been it long enough. Yeah, it's like I mean, I, 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 it's it's one of those movies where you're never gonna. You're, and anybody says to me like, "Hey, let's let's watch From Dust Till Dawn." I'm gonna always find a reason not to watch it. Oh, but, really? Yeah, but I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you if you want to watch it, so to speak. If that makes sense. It's in that you know, it's in that kind of hate. I think we'll look back wistfully on this you know period of tarantino where he was kind of still starring in stuff he was still kind of writing things for oliver stone i mean the opening scene in the liquor store is pretty awesome yeah um it's it, you know it's tarantino and robert rodriguez at their best you know what i mean it, mm-hmm. it's it's reminiscent of pulp fiction it's reminiscent of you know steve buscemi scene and and tarantino scene and from Des- uh from desperado um you know there's just little like tinges here and like maybe you're right chris Maybe every time I go back to that movie, I kind of want to like it better because there's scenes that are great. I mean, there's can be effects. The guys did Evil Dead and The Walking Dead and Tom Savini's in the second part. You know what I mean? So there's the horror movie kid in me that's like, oh, this is awesome. The effects are cheesy and hyped up times a thousand. And it's in their heyday. And I'm like, awesome. And then the first part is just filled with that dialogue. It's great. Um, So, Chris, the reason why I bring that movie up, of course, it's obvious because – you have that tonal shift in the first episode of Lovecraft Country, very similar to that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I wonder if the show is going to have the same problem. Yes, the show so far, uh, same with the second episode, not spoiling anything, um, has these parts that are great, that have these kind of racially charged moments and then have these horror kind of fantasy elements too. Mm-hmm. Now, do they belong in the same show i don't know where where like you saw the watchman and so far i know we're only on the second episode but so far that show and that comic on the other hand um, you know overall was able to blend comic book and fantasy elements and social commentary all together and i hope this show isn't just kind of trapping us and then like it's going to kind of go cheesy. Like Fonzie's going to jump the shark any second or something. I don't know. Right. 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 Yeah. It's, it's tough when you're like, because again, like the, the last 10 minutes of that show came out of nowhere, like nothing in the previous 45 minutes of that show really kind of set you up for, for what was going to happen. And maybe that was the point. 
Um, you know, I, I think you had to kind of go in. I mean, first of all, the first like 30 seconds of the show is bonkers. You know, the alien invasion. Oh, the Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Like, you're killing like, Cthulhu or whatever. Like, oh my God, what is happening? But then you realize it's a dream. But like, um, yeah, I, it's, I'm going to be very interested to see how they tie everything together. Now, I do appreciate the fact that they're, that both, you know, Watchmen and this show taught history that I, as a, you know, non black person, had no idea existed in this country. Like, you know, the Tulsa massacre and then in Watchmen and then sundown towns in Lovecraft, but right. it's gotta be, it's gotta, they definitely have to tie it together. Um, so I'm interested. I mean, are you, are you, have you watched more than the first episode? Yeah, I've watched both of them. Both. So of them. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be, I'm interested. I'm, I'm in, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not, you know, the first episode wasn't like, all right, I'm not going to watch, you know, any more of this. I'm, I'm definitely in. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's it's it'll be I'll be interested. Plus, it's got it's got a you know one of my favorite actors, Courtney B. Vance, is in it. Who I could listen to that guy read the phone book. So yeah, uh, the right. fact that he's in it playing this older mentor character, I love it. So um, yeah, we'll see where it goes, man. I'm ex- I'm interested. I'm interested. Yeah, I just I I'm I'm it's a thrill ride so far. I just hope they don't like as with any show. I'm just sitting back waiting for it to jump jump the shark. And maybe that's just right. kind of the <clears throat> critic in me just sitting here, but maybe it won't. Maybe, you know, Watchmen I Watchmen went off without a like without nothing and I was like, "Oh my god, they did it." Like they they created a great show and I was happy like from beginning to start. I just hope they tie it kind of together because right now the pacing is breakneck. Mm-hmm. It is like and maybe I'm kind of used to long anthology series um, where they take your, their time. You know, you're in it for seven years. Let's just rock and roll. Like, this pacing is wild. Like, we're introduced to characters and then snap, snap, snap. Here we go. Like, it's just onto the next scene, onto the next state, onto the next. And maybe it's just because it's an on-the-road kind of show. So we'll we'll see where it goes. But I'm, no. it's definitely like, I, I don't know about you, Chris, but I think this is the show getting the most buzz right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely. Good stuff, man. Way to kick off. Um, So for my first thing this week, uh, last week we got an interesting new trailer for a movie. Um, So DC had their, like, mini Comic-Con in a way, where they basically – it's like a DC fan fest where they released previews of all their upcoming properties, like video games, TV shows, comic book lines, and their films. We got a brand-new – Wonder Woman 1984 trailer, uh, brand new Suicide Squad video game trailer looks really really good. But the big the big trailer was the first teaser of the new Batman movie, which is coming out next year, starring Robert Pattinson, directed by Matt Reeves, who did all the new Planet of the Apes movies, which are brilliant. Um, co-starring Will Ferrell, Paul Dano, Zoe Kravitz, up and down, ridiculous cast. Ben, have you had a chance to see this new trailer? Of course, of, of course. course. So <laughs> I wouldn't be a fanboy if I didn't see the trailer. <laughs> I love the fact that I, I, the the person or the the clip that introduced it was check out this brand new, uh, dark and gritty take on Batman. And, and when they said that, I was like, well, that's just being redundant because <laughs> Batman's already right. dark and gritty as it is. So um, I had lots of takes watching this trailer. Uh, look, I you know I don't care. It, it had to have been. Batman and Robin level bad for me to not get excited about a new Batman movie. That's just that's just who I am. Um, but this this looks really different. It definitely takes a page a little bit from the Gotham TV series in terms of its, uh, you know, from what I felt its tone, so to speak. But it definitely looks like a Batman movie that we have not seen yet. 
Um, Nolan's, while it was certainly based in reality, I would never really call Nolan's uh, Dark Knight trilogy, uh, you know, dark and gritty and, you know, really, really, oh. you know, you know, um, uh, gloom and doom, so to speak. This looks like a whole nother level. Ben, what, what did you think? You know, it's interesting that this came out. You know, I, I finally got around to watching The Joker. I needed to kind of distance myself from, like, when it came out and all mm. the reviews of it. And so I watched it. I tried to watch it with as little of a kind of, I don't know, skeptical eye. You know what I mean? And sure. An unswayed eye. Um, now, to me, that was a movie that took itself way too serious. <laughs> Like it, it was over serious. Like it, it thought it was so cool. Mm. <laughs> and I hope that this movie doesn't fall into that trap. Like, and I was trying to tell this to someone. I was like, you know, the 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 genius of Joker in you know uh, Batman with Michael Keaton and you know the Dark Knight was you're kind of laughing at him and then he kills someone straight up. You know what I mean? And you're like, Oh my God. And like, now I'm like kind of torn. Like, am I supposed to be laughing or is this kind of messed up? And then as the pencil goes through someone eyeball or something like that, right? like, it's like, I I thought the tone of, you know, speaking of tone, I thought those hit a perfect tone where Joker was, well, it was very heavy handed in it's taxi driver, you know, references and stuff. And I couldn't get away from that. Um, But I I don't know, Chris, is it supposed to be in the same universe as that movie? Because it feel the feel is the, is similar. Unclear. They're okay. not saying. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's yeah. like very unclear. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't really, I mean, Robin, Robert Pattinson looks fine. It, it looks okay. Yeah, I mean, when they announced the movie and they announced, started announcing like who was going to play who, the immediate thing was like, okay, you've got way too many villains in this already. And, right. you know, you've got the you Riddler. Don't want to, yeah, you don't want to get into Spider-Man 3. T- exactly. I mean, Riddler, right. Penguin, and Catwoman all in the same movie. Confirmed, uh, I should say. Uh, confirmed in this movie. Um, it just feels, it feels too much. I mean, I know, it looks like Riddler's probably the main right. villain, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, it just it looks like... I don't know. It just, it does, it, it, there were things that I liked about the trailer. I, I love the music. They, they took a Kirk Cobain song and they kind of remixed it, which really, really sounded yeah, awesome. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but like, there are things like, I, I don't like the car. And that, that might sound really weird, you know, as a Batman fan, like, how much does the car really matter? I think it matters. Like, you have to have a, a sweet looking Batmobile. And when it looks like just like a souped up Grand Torino, uh, I'm just like, eh, okay. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be interested. I mean, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, none of my argument is against Robin Pattinson playing the role. Uh, no. he won, he's won me over. Like I'm, right. I'm a fan, so I'm, I'm good with that. But yeah, I just, I want, I'm just wondering where is this going to go? And, uh, you know, as a Batman fan, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm also an excited skeptical. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I, I'm excited. I just, my problem with my main problem with the Joker movie, and I hope that this, Batman doesn't fall into it was I could just tell you what was going to happen. Like every Mm -hmm. frame of the movie, I was like, okay, this is the part where his mom dies. This is the part where he, you know, loses it. This is the part where he gets made fun of. This is the part where like it, it was so origin story. I just, 
And no, correct me. All right. Uh, Chris, you've seen uh, Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse, right? Of course. Yep. Yeah. Did that movie ruin origin stories for us? <laughs> <laughs> it might have. Because that movie pokes fun at origin stories so bad. It's almost like Dewey Cox for like music biopics. It pokes fun at them so much that whenever you go down that rabbit hole, all you can hear is like Nicolas Cage's voice. Like, all right, here we go. One more time. I was bitten by a radioactive spider. Like you could just hear it like start up and you're just like, like, no, I don't want to like, I don't care how these people are made. I just want to see them at work. And I just hope that we don't get another origin story done. That was the best part of the new Spider-Man movies. You know, they're, they were like, movie 19 of the mcu or 18 19 of the mcu and it was like we don't need to see peter parker getting bit by the spider we just just make it so and then we'll just watch him do his work so i hope yeah that's the cue we're going with you know what i mean absolutely absolutely yeah, all right man what else you got all right yo i got um all right i got a bunch all right i would be uh remiss if we didn't talk about the uh where is it where's the where's the article have? all right the sports world is on pause mm. as the nba wnba and mlb protest police brutality so tonight uh nba is off wnba is off uh, a couple games from the mlb red sox aren't playing tonight um and i listened to a podcast on the ringer with cc sabathia and um ryan Rosillo and bill simmons talking about you know the state of the country and here we are again chris you know i thought that um we were you know when george floyd um was murdered in front of all of us and we talked about it and people protested and laws changed around the country i thought we were making real headway and then this awful thing happened again and um you know the jacob blake video and everything is just god awful you know Mm -hmm. kids involved it's just awful and you know i've heard a couple people in my life say there's two sides to every story i can't believe that uh there is no side to that story there's no reason to shoot someone seven times unless they're firing at you and you know what i'm not a cop i'm not a law enforcement officer but i deal with people that are psychotic or high on drugs People that have choked me, people that have bit me in the arms, left me marks, punched me, threw stuff in my face, all those things. And never have I ever said, ooh, I wish I had a gun to shoot this person seven times. Right. Uh, and and you know what? I need to go on the record and say big props. Before I start bashing the cop, I'm not bashing the cops at all because I love my local PD. I love Oneida PD. I love, love them. And like their response time when I'm in a crisis, they're there. They're great. And never have I ever seen them draw their weapons especially on one of my mentally ill people, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That are in a crisis. I've never seen them do it. Never even seen them pull a taser. And I just, I just don't know. I, I, and today I I bring this up because Chris, I don't know if you saw the new footage of the, where's this one, Wisconsin police. And they Mm -hmm. were, they were tossing water bottles to militia members. Yeah. Yeah. possibly the shooter of the protester. Yep. Um, that is the crate and, and saying, uh, we appreciate you guys have a good night mm-hmm. to all these armed white dudes with AK 47s, just letting them walk the streets, tossing them water bottles and then just 
going about their way. I, I don't know what's up with this world. I, I just don't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, and, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I That's, mean, yeah. It, it is, it is, if you watch, if you look at all of this footage and you're, if, if someone is still saying after seeing all this, that there's no such thing as white privilege, that there's no such thing as systemic violence um, against black people by police. Uh, if someone says that all lives matter after this, um, that is not someone I want to associate myself with because yeah. there is there, they have not watched that footage then. Uh, and if they are, they're looking at it from a slanted eye that I just can't, I can't reason with. Look, I mean, you know, I keep a knife in my car. I do. I'll just straight right. up. Uh, it's not a, it's not a you know butcher knife. It's, it's a regular steak knife, butter knife, butter, butter knife. I mean, yeah, that's, that's not going to really do much for me, but um, <laughs> I keep a steak knife in the, when you open my door and that's that little cup holder thing on the door that comes out the mm -hmm. little compartment there, that's where the knife is. And I keep it there because I typically travel to all different areas that I'm not familiar with. So I just always like to have something there just in case. But, you know, and, and to my to my knowledge, like Jacob Blake disclosed that information to the cops. When he opens the door, it's unclear if he's reaching for the knife. But even if he is, there is no excuse to shoot the man seven times in the back. Um, there is no excuse to have your yeah. weapon drawn at that point. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, a report that says like apparently tasering him was unsuccessful. Here's the thing: every single cop, there are at least three cops around that car. Um, I don't care if if Jacob Blake is twice or three times the size of that he actually is. If all three cops taser him in that moment, he's going down. Um, so there's no excuse for a weapon to be pulled in that moment. And I actually, anytime these things happen, I, I am very lucky to have close friend of mine who is, he's, he's, he's in law enforcement. He was right. a cop and then he became a DEA agent. So he's actually now he's worked in two different sectors. And anytime this stuff happens, I always ask him like, walk me through this and yep. help me understand how this happens. And he says that it all comes down to training that whoever trained these guys, you know, basically, you know, inserted the thought of, you know, if if we were to count to ten and and at ten you pull your weapon, these guys are being trained to pull their weapon at four, right? You know, and that's a problem. And so, you know, when we, people talk about the answer, what what you know, defund the police and things like that, it you really do have to look at the fact of you have to fire everybody and you have to retrain them. And the problem is with policing, the training is so intense, just like any military force that it becomes instinct. It becomes reflex because these guys are taught that if you are, if you are a millisecond too late, you're dead. So the, you know, that that's the, that's the whole thing is that you better be pulling your weapon first before the other, before your perp does. And you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tricky line to walk because at the same time, you, you know, there are, there are actual terrible criminals out there that would love to kill people and kill cops and things like that. And in those moments you want a cop to be able to be fast on the trigger and, and put these terrible people down, but not in that moment. And they need to be able to differentiate. So it's, it's terrible. And to see what happened, you know, to the protesters with that punk 17 year old kid oh, who awful. thought he was a big man 
and travels across like this is this is how you know it's bad he's not even from the state travels over state lines simply to 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 do what i mean you're 17 years old uh, what are you going to do and he brings an ar-15 which it was illegal for him to have in his possession um and he ends up killing people and you watch the video of him killing it's one per awful. at least one person and shooting yeah. another it's awful it's mm-hmm. absolutely awful and it's the type of awfulness that comes with a 17 year old carrying an ar-15 who's just going to shoot wildly so um the fact that there's already people on twitter and facebook defending him i've seen it I've seen in our people, government in our government i've seen um people call him a national treasure um I can't, I can't, I just can't. And I've, I've, I've probably defriended on Facebook. I don't even do the unfollow anymore. There's no point. So I just, I just defriend. I've defriended probably close to a dozen people in the past 48 hours because it's just, I, I, we can't have this. Um, there, there, there has to be something. So for, to tie it back to what you were bringing to about the sports. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, sorry. My gosh. Sorry. So, uh, so let's bring it back to sports. So yeah, no, but every, I, I agree with everything you say, Chris and, yeah, defriending is going on here too, and I hate to say it. These are people's parents that I, you know, hang out with and stuff. But I just, I can't deal with it. I just, no. I can't. I, I can't. There's, uh, and as a white person, a really white person, if you see me, I'd be like, hey, I'm white. Uh, <laughs> but my job is to not let other asshole white people get away with this anymore. That's my job, and I mm-hmm. feel like if I'm silent, then it makes it worse. It makes it way worse. You know what I mean? As a as a big old white guy that I am, if I stand by and let some asshole say some racist shit and I don't say anything, then in their mind it it means it's okay. It means I'm I'm condoning that behavior. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I just can't I can't deal. Anyway, but anyway, so really, I'm gonna say really, Chris, this I mean, LeBron James is not only the king king of basketball and king of the nba he's the king of sports i'm just gonna put he's the king right can we just mm-hmm. put that out king of sports and he i think he speaks for all athletes at this point i mean he is probably the most the best athlete and one of the most vocal outspoken athletes and he's in a league that allows him to be outspoken and supports him um i think this really started a couple days ago he came out and spoke about Jacob Blake and um, said that this is, uh, you know, if if you if you're telling me that you need to shoot someone seven times in the back and that's that's okay, you're lying to me. I think that was his first statement. Um, and then it just blossomed into that. And then, um, yeah, uh, who were the uh, the Bucks were the team that that said we're not playing tonight. This is ridiculous. Yep. And then from there, it snowballed into more. Um, I don't know if. NBA is getting played for the rest of the year, and that's fine because um, do you believe – so, Chris, here's the question, and I know we just went through a lot, but do you believe the – not that the players are in their rights to protest because I, I think we both believe that that's fine, mm-hmm. um, but do you believe that sports at this time in our lives in this country are more of a distraction to the real um, – the real stories are they distracting us from what's really going on? It's a great question. Um, I think you can make a very valid case to agree and disagree with that. Honestly, um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where when you have 
sports. And I, I haven't looked at the ratings yet, so I have no idea how well these sports are doing on TV. But, sure. you know, when you talk about this platform um, where millions of people are watching you and, and you know, a post-game interview, you could dedicate entirely to talking about these matters, like saying, yeah, we lost the game, but I'd rather talk about this. That's a great platform to, to be able to use um, to hopefully impact change and things like that. Um, at the same time, there's a, that the, the case to me made that, you know, yes, we, we are thinking about this. Yes, we want there to be social change, but sometimes you need that distraction. You know, sometimes right. watching watching a nine inning baseball game is the is the breath of fresh air that you need before you get back into the the fight, so to speak. You know, every every fight has like a you know a you know a stoppage point around round one, you know, between round round one and round two. Sometimes watching a baseball game is that break in between, and sometimes we just need that for our mental health. So there's arguments to be made on both sides. But I will say this: if if any if the NBA doesn't come back this year, I've heard that they're gonna they might try to resume this weekend. I'm fine with it. Okay, yep. if, if baseball is done, I'm for these reasons, fine with it. If it if whatever it takes to really take a stand and kick and, and kick whoever needs a kick in the pants to, to enact actual changes, then, then do it because that's, that's what it's going to take. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, and I don't understand this again, not to get back to all these people, but I don't understand the population of this country that is unmoved by these things happening, whether it's a black man being killed in Minnesota or Wisconsin or 12 kindergartners in Connecticut like, what is it going to take to get these people to want to change something? And, um, I, you know, what dark, what dark area of the mind do we have to go to, to, to want things happening for these people to actually to care about these things? I don't know what it's going to take, but yeah. I will say this, you know, it was great to see not only the NBA, but like all sports, like you saw soccer matches overseas canceling because they, they didn't want to do anything. You had a tennis player, um, Naomi Osaka pull out of her tournament because she was like, no, I'm done. I don't want to, you know, there's no point. Um, that's huge. And I think that, and that all stemmed from really the Milwaukee Bucks making a stand, which I think was awesome on their part. Uh, if, if I wasn't such a big Celtics fan, I'd probably be a Bucks fan <laughs> for that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, I think whatever these players want to do, um, I I'm hoping that, the ownership and the league officials of every single league um, support them, that there's no punishments for this, that they figure it out. Um, if it's silly as it sounds, if they delay the NBA or NHL any more than they already have, they're going to be running into next season. So there's, there's going to be no break, so to speak. But, um, but yeah, it's like they should be able to do what they want to do when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. And you know what? You mentioned a couple mass shooting incidents and you know black lives matter shootings and there's like five others that popped up in my head you know what i mean when you mentioned those couple and it's all happens in this country <laughs> someone was talking i forget who was who was talking to me and it was like it, all these things yes there are yes have there been school shootings and mass shootings in other countries yes but they're far and few between between the american ones it's not even close oh it's my it's close. not even close it's not even close. And I watch a ton of true crime stuff. It's not even close. And yeah. like, it's just, we just have so many guns in this country. It's past the point where, you know, I know there, there's like the gun charities where people give up their 
you know, old guns and stuff like that. It's, it's past that. It, it's mm-hmm. so far beyond that where there's so many more guns than police will ever have ever, like ever, like, yeah, it's just wild out there. And, and, you know, not to mention, we mentioned these big incidents and people protest, but I mean, there's a shooting in Syracuse at least a couple times a week. There's a, a death, a shooting death in Chicago once a day, mm-hmm. you know, even during the pandemic, everyone's inside and people are still dying. So, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know what the solution is, but it, what's going on right now is, is not the solution. And you're right, Chris. Like if all sports stop and it's in order to bring some light to this, uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good stuff. I'm glad we had this discussion. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's let's turn the page a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Sorry. I we had to talk about it. We had to. Talk we had to talk about it. about it. Absolutely. Similar. Not not really a similar topic, but. You'll see where I'm going with this. So um, WWE wrestling um, okay. has basically tr- – they're trying everything at this point. They're basically throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks when it comes to saving their product, so to speak, without any fans in the arena. And what they came up with was something that they're calling the WWE Thunderdome. Now, Ben, have you seen any pictures of this whatsoever? I, I have. I have. Yeah. You have? Okay, perfect. So basically, folks, what I'm describing is – uh, basically, they created like a mini arena within an arena, which I thought was pretty cool. And in the first like eight or ten rows um, are just all television screens. And what they're doing is similar to what the NBA has done is they're bringing in virtual fans. So like you could you could zoom in and be sitting in, um, you know, that seat, so to speak, watching the match. And. You know, it's for the NBA has done it really, really well. Like they, they've, they actually, they played around with the size of fans and things like that. It's been fun, and the, it looks like the WWE is going to do it now. When WWE announced that they were going to do this, I said this is going to be a disaster because, don't get me wrong, I love me the wrestling fandom. Right, but you're a wrestling the, fan. You're a I'm a wrestling fan. Right. I've been to live events. I'm right. on the chat boards, and that's my problem. Is that some of these people are. A, just ridiculously the most un-PC, terrible human beings you have ever met. Um, people that you would not want to introduce to your parents, so to speak. Um, and that, I felt, was like, you add that with Zoom sessions is just a recipe for disaster. And sure enough, the very first time they tried this, they had people doing some pretty terrible things on their Zoom feeds while they're sitting in the audience. One person... Um, put as their picture when they like when they turn off video and you get a picture that comes up uh put it as a, a member of the kkk yeah i saw that yeah fantastic uh another person did uh chris benoit who famously uh killed his wife and his son before killing himself and himself. and the wwe and, right. and the wwe raced it he tried to erase every element of him from they possibly could from their history um so it just was one of those things that backfired uh, I think, for the most part, when those two things happened. Ben, do you think that that shows that maybe these Zoom audience things, for any sport, including wrestling, is, it might not be the best idea when you leave it, these things up to our own devices? Well, I, <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's the conclusion we should go to. I just... I, you would like to believe that there's people out there that wouldn't do things like this. <laughs> Just, just people are awful. That's that's the conclusion. <laughs> that's the conclusion. There it is. Just terrible. You know, we're all stuck inside, pretty much. You know, it's loosening up now. But wait, WWE Thunderdome—that's out of Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Right. 
So, you know, between them and the NBA, they're they're bubbled up. They're trying to give us some sports to, you know, let loose. We're all trapped in our basements, hanging out still pretty much, you know, without going out to a store where we have to wear a mask. It sucks. So we're still, you know, following these rules. And then, you know, here's, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, God bless him for better or for worse. <laughs> but here we are, and he's trying to do something for us, you know, oh, we can't have fans in the stands. All right, it's kind of weird, but maybe we'll zoom. And people, you know, two people out of a thousand people have to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> That's it. They just have to ruin it. And so I think, Chris, I think it's possible. I think there is something to this, but I just, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I just think if if a if an organization is going to do this, then just have the best tech available. And someone monitoring this stuff, so that as soon as someone like does something inappropriate, you bounce them immediately and right. you know, ban their IP, so this way they can't get back in. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty bad. So yeah, that's just my imagine, quick thought. Yeah, imagine like you know, yeah, imagine if this came up, but they were bounced after five seconds. That'd mm. be a different story. Like it actually, it'd be a good story for the WWE. Like their censorship, wor- or you know, not censorship, but their their safeguards worked. They bounced right. this person that was trying to ruin it and good for them, you know, trying to protect, you know, cause really, you know, no offense to you, Chris, but the target audience is, you know, young teens. Yep. Men. <laughs> and you. Men, like 18 to 24 year old men. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Sorry. That's what I meant. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, you want to protect kids that young. So. Absolutely. Good stuff. What else you got, sir? All right. Let's, uh, I got I got two more things. All right, Chris. Okay. All right, we're gonna do this one next. Um, TikTok CEO <laughs> resigns as Trump ban looms. So Donald Trump uh, threatening to ban TikTok, uh, a very popular app, and I believe it's China based. That's why he's trying to ban that, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what's yep. going on? And they're kind of in a trade war. Yada yada yada. A lot going on there. So. Um, he's going to ban it. And the actual CEO said, step down thinking that this is going to go through a uh, couple questions, Chris. Um, is this legal? A president banning an app that is really not harming anyone. Isn't really like trampling on freedom of speech is not really like hurting anyone. And then second, have you, have you started on the TikTok at all? <laughs> Um, no, the answer, well, yes and no, the, or the answers to your questions. Yeah. So the, I have not gotten on TikTok. I, TikTok. Uh, I've explored it in terms of looking at it as for onstage blog saying, is this something that we should get into? And very quickly realizing that we shouldn't, we no. should not. No, uh, because, it's definitely not for onstage blog. No, no, definitely not for onstage blog. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate some of the content that I've seen. There's been some clever things that I've seen that have come from TikTok. And, and stuff like that. So I always appreciate that, but that's really more on the creator rather than the, the app itself. Right. Can Donald Trump ban TikTok from the United States? Absolutely. He absolutely can. Um, it's, it's legal for him to do that. It's not necessarily unprecedented. We've seen in the past, like certain businesses and things like that being uh, banned in terms of being able to do it and also vice versa. For instance, um, uh, Instagram, you can't get Instagram in China, for instance. So okay. like, now that there's, it works both ways, but um should he be doing this? Now that's a good question because right. I've read um, from from you know very clear sources. They're not like right wing conspiracy sites um, that there that TikTok um, 
you know, can be used by the Chinese government as data phishing. Like they can actually start clipping off your data through TikTok uh, because of the registration process, because you're giving it, you know, basically giving it access to your phones and things like that. Like they can get a lot of data uh, from that. Uh, and there's a way someone actually posted, I think on Twitter, like the backwards engineering of TikTok to prove that. And it was actually like, oh my God, like we should, like if these kids knew anything, they should not, <laughs> they should not be using TikTok, especially not like, you know, posting information on there and things like that. So I, I do think that, the, and I think that's where the root of Donald Trump's thing against it is. And, and that's, that's the root of it. But, All right. All right. um, you know, I, I think that, you know, whatever, if TikTok goes away, um, the creators, the, the talented people that are doing some truly good stuff, they'll find a way to, to figure it out. Like they'll, you know, they'll put, put stuff on YouTube. They'll put stuff on Facebook, like whatever it is, they'll figure it out. I'm not, I'm not concerned. I mean, I see, you know, a lot of you know, people that are making like tons of money off of TikTok. Um, and God bless them. Like, you know, I wish I was, I wish I was 20, 30, you know, 20, 25 years younger. So that I knew all this stuff, like the back of my hand and could you really use it to my advantages? Um, but, you know, if, if TikTok goes away, I think they'll be fine. But yeah, it's an interesting app that I, I, I see the, the plus and negatives. I mean, listen, uh, you know, a younger friend of mine, Greg, Big shout outs to Greg. You know, he's a teenager, the young age of 46 or 45. <laughs> he got me into the TikTok for Star Wars stuff. And then I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And uh, uh, let's see. Let's see who I'm following on TikTok, Chris. Um, definitely. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Let me get the names up because I got some good stuff here. Okay. Uh, let's see. My Healthy Dish. She's fabulous. She just does cool like recipes and stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, uh, foodie fetish, which is cool food and stuff. Uh, tailgate sports, which is like fails and people tailgating outside Bills games. Excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, and then barstool sports, which is a pretty famous website. And then fail army. Those are the things I I follow. Oh, love fail army. Yeah, so you can you can get some really good fail army TikToks on there. So that's all I can recommend the app for. I mean, it's kind of fun when you're on like, you know, a break or something like that. Mm. Break off a couple here and there. So I get the app. I get it. I get it. But um, yeah, I won't be totally heartbroken if it goes away. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't. Should should someone be banning it? I don't know. It, it hasn't reached that level yet mm -hmm. where I see something wrong with it. I, I don't know. Like, it's not like, oh, it's not like, you know. China's going to interfere with our election like Russia did in 2016. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right. No, so crazy. I'm so glad that Donald Trump is worried about our election coming up and people <laughs> interfering it. So I, I think that's where he's coming from. Right. So that's mm -hmm. what you said. So, yeah, there's, you know, he, people might be interfering with it. So he's he's worried about us. He's speaking up for the American people because we don't have a voice. So. Right. 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 Exactly. Believe me, if, if TikTok was invented by a company that he's on good terms with or a country yeah. that he's on good terms with, wouldn't be a problem. Wouldn't oh, be a problem. yeah. <laughs> so let's, just, let's just really make sure, you know, people know that. Um, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, real quick. I just had two more things, too. Uh, ben, you and I grew up in Connecticut. Um, mm -hmm. So we we knew all the regional amusement parks in our area, the Riversides, the Quasis, the Lake Compounds. Um 
But we all knew Action Park in New Jersey growing up. Oh, um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> the commercials were legendary. It looked like the coolest place on earth. Truth is, it was the coolest place on earth. Uh, yeah, and also the it most really dangerous. was the coolest place on earth. <laughs> let's, was cool. let's get this out of, you know, I know where you're going with this. Let's just, I'm going to put this out there before you say anything about this park. It was the coolest place on earth. All right. Indeed. Indeed. Um, ben, there's a brand new documentary out. Uh, it's called Class Action Park. And it's on HBO. And it's all about Action Park and how dangerous this park actually was. <laughs> And I watched this thing. It's an hour and a half long. Wait, it I, came out? It came out. It came out, out? It came out this Shut past week. I saw the trailer. I didn't know when it was coming. Oh, my God. I would have watched it for this week. God <laughs> damn it. It's an hour and a half long. I don't think I stopped laughing from the start to the finish. Like I literally laughed through the entire thing. Um, it's fantastic. They break down everything i'm not going to spoil too much but they get like like actors and comedians who um grew up in jersey and went to this action park so they're, they're talking the entire time and breaking everything down they literally go through almost every single ride and talk about what talk about what went into building the ride and the dangers of it like yeah i'll just give one thing away apparently there was a water slide that had like an exposed bolt in the slide <laughs> So people would constantly like slice their legs oh. and extreme like abdomens and like they they would come out like bleeding profusely from this water slide. Um, it is it's <laughs> you watch it and you cannot believe the things that you're saying, but it is awesome. If you grew up knowing, if you knew anything about Action Park growing up in the Northeast, it is a heaven to watch this documentary. So, uh, Ben, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on Action Park. Listen, I. You know what? Action Park content, I've been a fan of for years. I think when we started this podcast, the first YouTubing I did was this 20-minute Action Park uh, <laughs> documentary. Right. on. Like, yep. it was, and, and so when I saw the trailer for this, I was so excited. This is something that needs to be – there should be a part two of this documentary. I haven't even seen the documentary yet, and I can just tell you there's so much to, to talk about. Uh, Chris, just personally, like I know a lot of people from the New York, New Jersey area. And when I posted the YouTube video a couple, like a year and a half ago, people were like, I've been there. I remember that place. It was so freaking awesome. My parents would just drop us off and we would just run around all day. <laughs> and so, I mean, people thought people still think it's the coolest place. I mean, I just what was the what was the name of the giant Knoxville movie? Oh, like um, Action Land or something like that. Action or Land or Adventure, Adventure Park. Adventure like Park, that. I think it was. Yeah. I wish that movie was better because it, it definitely. Yeah. It, speaking of tone, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like here we are bitching about the tone of Lovecraft Country. <laughs> the tone of that movie is all over the place. Now, freaking. Um, <laughs> I wish that movie was better. I wish everything that's made about Action Park is better. Chris, I've been a fan of Action Park. On the internet for years, I actually have an Action Park T-shirt. I or my my dad got me for Christmas. I put it on my wish list. He got it for me, and it's like this baseball T-shirt has the logo and everything. They're like seventeen bucks on Amazon. Please just go get one. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a and good like, stuff. Yeah, and I've been I've been stopped in public more times than not. Like I mean, like 
at least five to ten times, like, oh, my God, I've been to Action Park. I know you've been there. Like, I like, and it's just kind of a joke to me, but people are just, like, always. Like you survived. Like, you survived yeah. Action Park. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> like, this guy, one of the guys on the documentary says, like, you know, coming home from Action Park, like, you know, when you're talking to your friends, like, you better have a scar. Are you your fucking pussy or something like that? Like, that's what he says. Like, it's like, oh, no scars in Action Park? Or, like, at one point, the guy, like, one of his friends came home and he had this huge, like, bandage and scar on his leg. And all the friends were like, oh, my God, you must have been in Action Park. Or was it was it the Alpine slide or was it, like, the, the tube ride or the, the Tarzan jump? And he's like, no, I, I actually had surgery on my like. Uh, on my knee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's but people thought that like if you came home with a bandage like you you must have come from action park so oh, ben yeah. it's a great documentary it's oh, an hour yeah. and a half of just oh. pure heaven if you've wanted good content about action park you finally have it because what they did was that and what none of the other things really were able to do other the documentaries and other things was they were able to go to the actual like former employees oh. and get get their home videos that they taped <gasps> at the park no. No. So you're seeing like you're seeing who works there. And you're like, when you realize who the lifeguards were and who like the directors of security were, you're like, holy crap, how did not pe more people die at this place? <laughs> and now um, now correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, there's a full on German brewery on on the park yeah. side, right? Well the, the the guy who owned it was German. Like he was from German <laughs> descent. And he actually dismantled a brewery in Germany and brought it over to action park and they actually again i don't want to give too much because i don't want to spoil it for you but like at one point they they discussed like the layout of the park and how the brewery was smack dab in the middle so that people like would make like they'd start their day in the water park they'd get wasted and then they'd go down to motor park where, where all the go-karts were oh. and you add in like alcohol with go-karts like forget it you're done like that's it did so, they even have like breathalyzers in the early eighties. <laughs> well, I I can't even I, I have to look this up. But was the was the drinking age even twenty one then? No, it was eighteen. Oh, that's that's it. what was crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, I mean, I was a big, I was a tall fifteen year old, and I right. remember oh, you could have gotten from people. Oh my god. I could have easily got served at 15. Girl, girl mustache. Like oh, I had a goatee. I had a, like a little goat. And I <laughs> definitely remember in freshman year, I was like five foot nine and I had like a goat. Like I, I could have got served at oh, my 18. Yes, sir. Here you go. I'd be like, here you go, guys. Oh my oh, God. God. <laughs> Amazing. So you're going to love it. Class action park. It's on HBO. Watch it. It's fantastic. Can't wait. Good Can't stuff, wait. Man. Chris, let's get to my last one here. You ready? All right, Chris, we talked about some new stuff. Let's let's break down some old stuff because we're still in semi-quarantine up here. Um, so me and the lady, Katie Cat, when you Google greatest shows of all time, what do you think comes up? Mm, like TV shows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm thinking like The Sopranos, The mm -hmm. Wire, uh, West Wing probably is up there. Yep. Yep. Good call. Good call. You nailed one of them. Me and the lady. We're going through two of the greatest shows of all time, according to Google and a lot of people that I hang out with and associate with. We're going through The Wire mm. and Downton Abbey. Ooh, what, what a what a polarizing a journey you, you must be going through. That's right. We're both on episode four of The Wire and Downton Abbey. <laughs> To go from so like the streets of death. Baltimore okay. to England, that's gotta be amazing. I can't. 
Oh, it's it's wild. And then to watch them. So we're watching one episode each every night. It's actually just amazing, dude. Just so awesome. And uh, so just like in <laughs> The Wire, in Downton Abbey, you have the cops and the drug dealers in The Wire. And you have the, you know, the lords and the ladies of Downton Abbey. And you have, like, the waiters and wait staff and, like, the ushers and uh, every, everyone in mm-hmm. the house. And it's really interesting. And these shows, even though it's ridiculous that I'm putting them side by side, these are will world-building, character-driven shows. And both of them are extremely good at hooking you right away. Now, Downton Abbey is... I don't know how Downton Abbey does it, but by the end of the first episode, and Katie agrees, like by the end of the first episode, you're hooked. Oh, yeah. You are into, oh, my God, who's this guy? Why is this guy doing this? Like... Where where are we? What's this show all about? It's crazy. The Wire, a slower burn. I know that, but I think it's because it's one of the first to do this. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. maybe if The Wire was was made a couple years later, and maybe it'd be a little better at at doing it. But I, I I still think you know by the end of the fourth episode, you have a bunch of Omar Little in you. You got a lot going, and uh, all of a sudden, I think when Omar shows up. I think that's really when The Wire sets itself apart from other cop shows. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we've had long, non-episodic cop shows since then. And so you're like, oh, okay, I get it. it this is, you know, okay, this is going to be the case they're going to work on for the season. You know, when you're starting the show, not knowing that it's the whole, you know, it's going to keep going. Um, now, I, I just I just think Downton Abbey, like, I don't know who Julian Fellows is, but... I'm thinking Julian Fellows watched The Wire. <laughs> and I'm just going to put that out there because, like, he, it is creepy watching them back to back. Like, just how the characters get introduced, developed, uh, the, the environments get built. It is wild. And so, Chris, as I am showing, you know, Katie this for the first time, um, it is awesome watching The Wire the second time. This is my second time through. I've never watched this a second time through. I think I've watched a couple clips here and there. watched the first episode. But just watching it the second time, it is a funnier show than I remember. I'm laughing the whole time. Mm. McNulty and Bunk are just the funniest motherfuckers ever. And uh, I don't know. And and actually, Downton's really funny, too. The show's become much funnier. Like I think when you watch a TV series for the first time... You're kind of doing a couple things. You're like, okay, is this going to jump the shark? Am I going to like it all the way through? And then also, where's the show going? You're kind of like confused. But the second time through, it's a delight. So, Chris, uh, what do you think about The Wire and Downton back to back? I mean, again, what an incredible viewing experience that has to be to go from Baltimore uh, to England in a single day. Um, I love The Wire. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I will put up season three of The Wire up against any television series seasons of all time it's just phenomenal um downton abbey is a show that kept proving me wrong in a way that i felt like this show should be boring as hell like i should not be as invested in these characters as i am but i i literally could not stop watching it i literally held off watching i think the season two just so i could watch it 
like binge watch it. I actually refused to watch it when it was airing on PBS. I was like, no, I'm not going to watch it because I'm just going to want to consume it all at once. Um, I love it. Uh, Maggie Smith is oh, off the chain. She's off the chain. Like, second viewing, second viewing. She is off the chain. <laughs> put, put her in the wire. Like have her go up against McDonald's. I would love it. She'd be like, oh my God. She'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, close that door. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell you, like you talk about casts. I mean, these are two of the most brilliant casted shows I've ever seen. I mean, let's ever. just start with the wire. Yep. You get Idris Elba before anybody knew who he was. I had no idea the guy was British. Like that was a surprise to me when I oh actually heard him talk about him, him and McNulty. Like right. you're just like, what? That guy's not like from Baltimore and he has the accent and everything. <laughs> I mean, you get a very, very young Michael B. Jordan in there in season Which one. Which I totally forgot about. That one Amazing. I totally forgot about. And I'm like, and I'm like, and when I saw him, I go, oh, that's right. And I go, Katie, who do you know who that is? And she's like, no, because he's fucking like 14 in it. Like no one's yeah. going to know who that is. And she's like, no, I go, that's, that's uh Killmonger. And she's like, wait, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh, she didn't believe me. She Googled it. She's like, no, 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 no. And sure enough. Wow. Sure enough. But yeah, no, I mean, both incredible shows. Now you, you've seen all of Downton Abbey or no? I have not seen all of Downton. I think okay. I watched all the way up to the end of three. Okay. All right. Good. Even beyond three. Yeah. You keep thinking to yourself, this show is going to jump the shark at some point. The show isn't going to be good. It's going to be terrible. No, they don't disappoint. And the movie that came out again, it's like, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I don't understand that too. Cause cause like she, she was like, Oh, let's watch this Downton Abbey thing. I was like, Oh, I'll watch that. Oh, let's do it. And she had the movie. I was like, no, 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 we can't watch that. That's the movie that comes out after the series. And we were just talking at dinner time. I'm like, wait, wait, I haven't seen past season. What, what's this movie going to do? What the hell's like left? To pr- I just can't wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> it's one of those things where it, it, just like the wire, it's like, you can't really get attached to anybody on Downton Abbey. Like, cause you never know, like, you know, World know. War One's coming soon, and like, yeah. like the yeah. collar is coming. And they soon. always, man, they are <laughs> creepy. Yeah, like the suspense might be even more palpable on Downton Abbey than The Wire. Like, like, <laughs> like, even like I kind of remember all of The Wire, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure like seventy five percent of the cast is not getting out on this thing. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I think a lot of people die on this one. Like drug dealers. I've seen Scarface enough to know this this is probably not going to end well. But, man, on Downton Abbey, they are always alluding to, like, well, uh, well, uh, my son, I, I offered my son the farm, and he, he declined. But he joined the service, and he seems happy. And it's like, yeah, for now. It's for 1912. Now, yeah. It's going to suck in a couple yeah, years. No, no penicillin yet. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I've seen the movie 1917. It sucks. <laughs> You go to help a German pilot just fell out of the sky and he's going to stab you in the gut. It's going to suck. But I got to so, tell like... you, Downton Abbey, like, I, I, you know, like, The Wire connects me with people kind of our age and a little bit older. I have had discussions, like, in-depth deep dives with my mom about Downton oh. Abbey oh, yeah. and her friends who are 70-plus that adore that show. My mother-in-law adores that show. She's around that age, too. So it's it's awesome. And, Ben, I got I mean, just to tell you a quick story – um, I met, um, the, oh my gosh, his name, I'm drawing a blank. Um, the, the valet 
His, oh, the, uh, Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates, thank you. Sorry, I met I'm Mr. Bates. I'm it right now. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I met Mr. Bates uh, in person when he visited uh, a college that I used to work at because he was friends with a professor. Dope. And Dope. Um, he asked for like a tour of the Performing Arts Center. So, so they said, hey, this, this VIP guest wants a, a, a tour of the VIP Center. So I walk over there not knowing who I'm going to see. And it's Mr. Bates. I'm like, holy shit. Um, and as I'm giving him a tour, I'm just asking him questions about Downton Abbey, like left and right. Because this was like, spoiler alert, this is right in the middle of his like big arc. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, I need to know like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. He, he couldn't tell me anything. But oh. he was, he thought it was hilarious that like I being like a, you know, late 20s or early 30s young man was like so obsessed with the show. Like he just got a kick out of that. So really nice guy, by the way. But, um, yeah, and so Chris, like, you know what's um, great about this? Doing it back to back. So, for all you guys out there that are like us and you want to show your girlfriend or fiance, whatever you have, your lady, uh, the wire, I know that sometimes that can be a tough ask. You know what I mean? Like, from the outside, it's a hardcore, gritty crime show. But showing it back to back with the Downton Abbey, you kind of miss each one. Mm hmm. When the wire gets too nitty gritty, we get Bunk and McNulty saying the F word back and forth on a crime scene. All of a sudden, you're like, you know what? I missed the elevation of downtown. Let's go back there. Let's go back. And then, and then when it gets a little too hoity-toity, I need to see what's going on in the lower rise with D'Angelo. I need to go back. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. need to go back there. And it's so great watching it back to back. And we are going to watch it back-to-back -back episode for episode. So I'm going to keep the listeners of this podcast tuned in. It is a great writing. Like you said, great, magnificent writing, magnificent cast. Like, there's no one in both these shows that I would recast. There's nope. uh, there's no, like, the, the casting what-ifs, as they call it. I would not recast a soul. <laughs> like, come down to the extras on the side of, like, the camera. I wouldn't recast anyone. It is just phenomenal acting, phenomenal writing. It is peak TV, and I still don't believe that we have – I mean, you can give a shout-out to uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Mad Men. Sure. But I, I think these two are – Pound for pound. Yep. Pound for pound, and them being ensemble casts, it's hard to beat. Now, if you – if the Game of Thrones ended a little better – it had its moment. It had a chance. Yep. It had a chance. It really did. But these shows are similar to Game of Thrones where they hop you to this world with these characters, then this world with these characters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It hops you around so you don't get bored. You know what I mean? Just like, okay, I'm done with drunk-ass McNulty with his hijinks, hitting on Kima, who's obviously a lesbian. Like, I'm like... <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of that and then it just hops you to the low rise with d'angelo you know what i mean and it's just like just like game of thrones it's like oh i'm done with eddard smith or edward eddard stark and his hoity-toyness he's such a fool oh the hand he should rule bad 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 the land is bad, bad, bad. and then whenever you get sick of that boom we're gonna go above the wall you know boom we're gonna go to westeros boom we're gonna go over here and this these two shows were really the beginning of that like where okay, we're going to do five pages on this character and then we're going to skip to this other character. Mm -hmm. And world-building shows. Like, anyone that's into, like, writing or something like that, 
especially Downton Abbey, first episode of Downton Abbey is hard to beat with introduction to characters at a rapid pace and directing. Like there, the first two shots of Downton Abbey are like single take long shots that are like two minutes each. It's, it's mm-hmm. odd. And you meet everyone and you, and if you watch the show, you're like laughing the whole time. Cause you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So, uh, you know what? Top recommendation, watching these back-to-back, Chris. That's my last one for the week. Love it. Way to end. Ben, I got a real quick one for you. You mentioned yeah. his name earlier. We haven't talked about him much on this podcast lately. But Is it Julian Fellows? <laughs> Julian Fellows. No. Uh, we have to return to the world of Nicolas Cage real quick. Oh, jeez. Because I've got an IMDb update for you. Um, the oh. gift that keeps on giving. No, you don't. I no, do. you don't. I do. So... We heard earlier, this had, earlier been, this had already been announced, but the, we had no idea what this movie was about, where basically Nicolas Cage was going to be in a movie where he plays an exaggerated version of himself, where he actually plays Nicolas Cage. Directed by Tarantino or something, right? Something like that. So we finally are getting some details about this movie and what it's, what it's about. We all, all I had known before was that it was Nicolas Cage trying to get into a Tarantino movie. but. We now have a little bit more. So the movie is titled, get ready for this. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, here's the plot. Here it is. All right. A cash-strapped Nicolas Cage <laughs> agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but it's actually really an informant for three for for three CIA agents, or no, the, the whoever typed this typed it wrong. So Nicholas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at the billionaire superfans party, but it's really an informant for a CIA since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets casted in a Tarantino movie. I have no idea what this movie is about. It sounds preposterous. So the here, billionaire is going to be in the Tarantino movie, or. I, I have no idea what this there is. is some floating participles in that sense, <laughs> but the person that's playing the billionaire. Yeah. Is the same guy who plays the Mandalorian Pedro oh, Pascal. Okay. Yeah. So from, uh, from narcos and stuff. Narcos. Yeah. yeah. So you get Pedro Pascal and Nicholas Cage in a movie. I was already in before, but now I'm like, I'm really into this movie. So that's really all I want to talk about. They got my money. Whatever. <laughs> Just put it in IMAX. Put it in yeah, IMAX. Just, make it 3D. Do whatever you want. Where's you know my wallet's upstairs. Let me go get this. <laughs> do you have the direct line to Nicholas Cage? You can just you can punch in my card number right now. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> uh, so yes, the unbearable weight of massive talent scheduled for release right now. As of right now, is as March nineteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Don't think that's going to happen, but um, it's on. It's on its way. Can't wait. Excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. Let's go YouTube sir. YouTube baby. What do we got? All right. So um let's see here. Uh oh yeah, that was last time. All right, let's do um so um, I, I think I told you off air, Chris, that I'm gonna see my buddy Josh Tonner, our buddy Josh Tonra. So I saved a YouTubing video for him. He loves old school Boston hockey fights. <laughs> <laughs> and there's I didn't watch it all. I'm gonna save it for him. You know, what I mean, I don't want to be that guy. It's like, oh, watch this, and I've already seen it. So it's a 17 minute uh, video of 
Joe Rogan and Bill Burr telling old Boston fight stories. <laughs> and not necessarily like old Boston, like hockey fight stories, but actually like when they were comedians in Boston and like the bouncers would kick the shit out of someone fight stories. So I can't wait to watch that with Josh. I can't really recommend it because I haven't seen it yet, but I just can't wait. <laughs> so there's the first one. Um, next one is a 23-minute um, video about Kendrick Lamar from Jake Zeman. How Ooh. a Compton loner became a hip-hop legend. Um, it breaks down his career and stuff like that. And also asks the question. So part two isn't out. This is only part one, uh, 23 minutes. He hasn't even got to... Um, the two famous albums, you know, that he recently put out. Um, but he poses the question, where is Kendrick Lamar during all of these, this 2020? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what? here is, here is our best rapper, our best hip hop icon that you have. You know what I mean? And he is outspoken on numerous topics and everything. And where is he, Chris? Where is Kendrick? Where's K dot? Um, I, f- I feel like he's prepping for something like he's going to just drop something on us on like a random Wednesday. I hope and so. It's going to just change I everything. Him. I yeah. miss him. I hope it's right before the election. Uh, so <laughs> then uh, finally, Chris. Um, so I always try, I tried to spike sprinkle sprinkle in music into the podcast since I've been on the Spotify. Um, Beck came out with a new album and it's called hyperspace. And I didn't realize that – I don't know. I, I'll have to look up what the antithesis for this album is. I don't know if the music came first and then the videos came second. But So Beck has his whole album on YouTube right now called Hyperspace. It's a great album. I listened to the album just you know on Spotify. I was like, oh, shit, Beck has a new album. I played it while we were driving somewhere. Great album. Really cool, really chill. Still a little folky in some places, but some electronic music. But um, he has videos for each one, and the videos are – now, hold on. I have to say this right. NASA created AI representations of all the planets of the galaxy. Hmm. So when you watch these videos, it's like really what the sun looks like and really what Venus looks like according to – like there's images from the Mars rover, there's images from Gemini, there's images from like of Saturn, everything. But then um, it says on the bottom, NASA AI pointed at Saturn, meaning they're they're trying to create a, the best facsimile of a 3D representation. And let me tell you, it is trippy AF <laughs> with this music. It is wild. Like it is like 2001 trip out music with this video it is so awesome high high recommendation full album on youtube full album on spotify that is my big old youtube pick of the week i haven't watched all of them yet but i was in bed and i was passing out to this stuff i woke up and i was like oh my god it's still going on it is trippy af so chris that's my big youtube recommendation that's awesome i got two real quick for you yeah, um i mentioned it earlier dc released all these trailers for other upcoming products but one of the things they released was a brand new video game called suicide squad kill the justice league that's the entire title um it basically is 
you know, if you love the Batman games that have come out recently, it's basically that, but Suicide Squad, it looks amazing. Um, so definitely check that out. And also Cardi B. Ben, are you down with Cardi B? Are you a Cardi B fan? I've heard the Cardi B. You've heard the Cardi B. Okay. So she has a new single out yep. called I, WAP. I heard that. I heard that. Um, yep. Heard it. Uh, I watched the video for the first time because I've been hearing all this gossip and buzz about the video. And you know what? I had no idea what WAP was. I was like, I didn't know what, didn't, I never looked at the lyrics, never listened to the song before I watched the video, watched the video. And I said, you know what? Good for them. Good for them. Um, that's all I can say about that video. I definitely I encourage anybody to watch that video that is in any way um, awkward when it comes to topics like that or, you know, like squeamish, things like that. Watch it because they they definitely talk about some interesting things in that video. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? I'm, it's, it's a women's empowerment video that I was not expecting, but I'm glad it exists. Uh-huh. Like we sh- they should be able to talk about that. Guys talk about that that their things all the time. Ladies should be able to talk about those things all the time. That's uh, that's just my quick thought on that. So well, I can't wait. To, now you got me intrigued. I gotta check this out. So got, check out the video because if it wasn't obvious what that song was about before, they they make it pretty obvious in the video. So again, good for them. Good for them. I'm glad to see it. So, um, well, that's gonna do it for us, Ben. This was great, man. Good another good podcast. Good stuff, yeah. man. We we hit some. Hard topics out there, but I think uh, they need to be talked about. Needed to be discussed. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Absolutely. Dude. Folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts in the Onstage Blog Podcast Network at onstageblog.com. We actually have a brand new podcast coming out on August 31st. It's called Beyond the Balcony. It's actually our first ever theater-centric podcast on Onstage Blog. Who'd have thought that what? after all this time, we have what? yet to have a theater? We're a wait, theater wait, wait, blog. Wait, have Are a you freaking- kidding me? yes so what the heck i wait i don't understand wait so this is so wait it's just about theater this podcast you don't have like other i i don't understand what is going on like i I thought that i was the poser here like just doing some movie stuff but you wait this is the first theater podcast the very first theater-based podcast we were doing on on stage blog which is like who's hosting this piece we got two amazing young women, um, nice. Zoe and Bianca, who are both theater majors themselves. They both major in theater. So they're basically us, but like, you know, 15, 16, 20 years old, you know, younger, going through the same things that we kind of did when we were majoring in theater. But, you know, they're they're talking it from a brand new perspective. Um, they We did something very smart with this. We're doing a short season run, short order, if you will. So yeah. season one is going to be 12 episodes. We're releasing the first three on August 31st uh, on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. It's also going to be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Uh, I listened to all three episodes. They're fantastic. Fantastic. So if you're a theater fan or a fan of Broadway, you love musical theater, plays, anything, just talking about theater in general, you are going to love, love, love this podcast. It's everything that you want. Um, and with little to no direction from me, um, these girls just took the torch and ran with it. So I cannot wait to see awesome. what they produce the rest of the season. I'm looking forward to So the first three episodes will be available, and then they're going to release one after that uh, every you know week or so uh, going forward. But, yeah, season one, 12 episodes. This way we, we, we're cooking. We're cooking the entire time. So That's awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm still trapped in season one, episode 60. <laughs> <laughs> a never-ending season one. Oh, that is son of a bee. <laughs> son of a bee sting. 
Uh, can't get out. There's never going to be a season. I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of what was all right, Chris, really quick before I know we got to get out of here. It's it's running late, but (laughs) what's the, (laughs) what's the worst first season of television ever? (laughs) (laughs) Like just the word, like it could be a show that never made it. Yeah. I got the answer for you. What? Oh, what do you got? The office. Oh, is that not good? I didn't see that show. The, the Office, the first season of The Office is so bad that it, it's a miracle it came back for season two. And if you watch, like, I, I recently listened, there's a great podcast called, like, The Oral History of The Office. They talk about that. They're like, it's only six episodes. And if you watch the end of the season one to the beginning of season two, it's a complete 180 of a show. Like, Steve Carell is a completely different character. He's got a different hairstyle. Um, like all the characters are different and things like that. Cause they said, they talked about how bad season one is. It's not funny. It's just, there's nothing funny about season. Well, maybe one. I, I got to try the show again. Cause that's all I've ever seen. I just tried to start to watch it. And it was terrible. So there you go. <laughs> so season one of the office is one of the all worst. Right, you nailed it. You nailed it. I, I, I got no answer. I, that's it. <laughs> there it is. All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on desperately seeking entertainment.